Before we dive into this week's episode, we want to wish you a happy, healthy Thanksgiving. It's been a year like no other, so it's only fitting that Thanksgiving 2020 will be unique. Wherever you are, we hope you make the best of the holiday. Sia came into my life at the, I don't want to say the perfect time, but it's also the perfect time because we left my auntie here in the hospital, right? And the, remember the entire family pretty much went back home with the remains. So Sia was the woman there to take care of my auntie, visit her in the hospital. And even when she came back from the hospital, I was, my mom and I were all, the only people in the house. It's, it's almost impossible in our culture for you to see your auntie, your mom, your grandma naked, right? So she was the, the nurse, the everything taking care of um, my mom, right? Mentally, right? They were shopping buddies. <laughs> and she was also taking care of my auntie, right? Like middle of the night and all that stuff. So she came in at the right time. Hello there, I'm Yonka Kamara. Welcome to Kume Turning Point Diaries, where we share stories of critical moments in our personal and professional lives. One of my favorite parts of podcasting is the incredible people that I've met. Sia and Tommy Tarawali are two wonderful connections I've made so far, and I'm thrilled to have them on the show today. They're a young African couple on the move. They co-host Shifting Perspective podcasts where they share their experiences growing up in West African households and challenge many of the beliefs and norms that they were raised with. In today's conversation, Sia and Tommy reflect on their childhoods in urban and rural Sierra Leone, the transitions that they had to make when they immigrated to the United States, and the values that they are passing on to their children. Along the way, they share the story of their relationship and the traumatic conditions that have forced them to see new things and put a spotlight on their partnership. We can all gain something from reflecting on our upbringing and how it tends to affect us as we navigate life. We also have a fun guest, which is their young son, who makes an appearance from time to time on the show. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome, Sia and Tommy. Welcome to Kume Turning Point Diaries. So happy to have you guys. Thank you for having us. Thank yeah. you. I am so happy to be on the show. I love your podcast. <laughs> I always I love listen it. to it, you know. So yeah. yeah, like thank you for having us on. I'm excited actually to be here. I can't wait to see how this conversation goes. I can already tell it's gonna be an amazing conversation based on, you know what my favorite episode is. You already know that, so I can already tell it's, it's going to be a great episode. Episode one, baby. <laughs> yes, episode one. Well, thank you guys. I think my favorite part of like of podcasting so far has been really connecting with other podcasters, and you guys were one of the first people that I connected with. And you, um, your show, which we're going to talk about, really resonated with me. And also, you guys are also young African um, from Sierra Leone, the same country I'm also from, who are doing your thing. And for me, that was just really, really inspiring. And uh, you guys are new to the space, but we're so welcoming. You know, you were, you reached out to me right away. We connected, and I'm so grateful for that to have to be in company with people like yourself. 
So I just wanted you guys to tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you right now? How are you guys coping um, with COVID and everything? Okay, so we live in Cali. We live in California. Um, I have lived here for five years now. Um, I moved here because of him. So I used to live in New Jersey. But yeah, we do live in Cali. And this COVID is... The COVID is crazy. We used to live back in, in San Jose, Bay, Bay Area. Now we live in Fresno. So I think living in Fresno makes it much better because this is like a smaller um, city than the Bay Area. So yeah, but COVID is messing things up. But thank God we haven't gotten sick. That's good. That's a good thing, especially having a child. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So I mean, for me, it's been... It's been great. It's been a, a huge learning process in terms of having to work from home, spending more time with my kids, you know, getting to do the little fun things. Now, with California, beside COVID, we had the wildfire situation that was going on since forever. So up till now, you check your weather app and it's like unhealthy air quality. So yeah, we... Like we really didn't get to spend much thing, like time outdoors, right? Everything was more more indoor. But the grateful part is my wife and I still have we have a job, right? We yes. we read stories about people losing their jobs and all that. We had friends, family members who went through that. So for me, this whole entire process is just I'm thankful for that, right? I have a job, my wife has a job, we're able to pay our bills. Mm -hmm. So it's it's been a a, a very hefty 2020, but we're still around. I think this year makes you extra grateful. Yeah. Honestly. I agree. I agree. I mean, I remember right in the beginning of the of quarantine, I had a whole, um, like, routine. Because I, I realized, like, my routine was, in, you know, interrupted. And so I needed to create some kind of normalcy for myself. And part of that was really getting back into my journaling and writing, being gr grateful. You know, and I think it's easy sometimes to take something as simple as having a job, you know, for um, for granted. I mean, I recently just got some news around the job front and, you know, and you, you take that for granted as well. So it's 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 crazy. But, you know, we're alive. We are healthy and we are resilient. You know what I mean? As long as you have your life and you have your health, anything else is just it's just a circumstance. Right. You know, you can things will change, you know, this is not going to be, this is not going to, this is not permanent. Right. So can you share with us how you met? <laughs> we start? met on Facebook. So, um, he obviously added me on Facebook and, but the moment that I actually noticed that, okay, I have this friend on Facebook was July 4th. <laughs> I roasted her. I posted happy independence day. US and this guy came under the post and started lecturing me basically. We don't have independence. Why are you posting this? Da, 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 da. You know, just the black the, the things that happen to black people in the US. And of course I knew that, but at the same time, I at that point I just came to the US. So I didn't really pay attention much to stuff going on. And you know, when you growing up in Africa, you just know you're black. 
you know, there's, there's violence, there's stuff back home that happens too. But when it comes to race, you really learn about race when you travel out of your country, you know, out of Africa. So coming here, I didn't know about all the stuff going on and he already knew and experienced stuff like that. You know, so we had that conversation. He messaged me and we had like a very lengthy conversation. And I basically told him, okay, cool. You know, I'm not going to post happy independence day anymore. So to me, I'm a, I'm someone that I love anyone who can have a very intelligent conversation. That's the thing for me, you know, because of course, when you're on social media, you have a lot of guys who come, hi, 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 hey, 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 hey. No. <laughs> so him, I, maybe he probably studied me. I don't know. But him doing that and just having a very intelligent conversation rather than a guy just coming right up and, hey, can I have your number? I, I want you to be my girl. I want you, you have men who say, I want you to be my wife. I'm like, you don't even know me. What do you mean? You know, so I think that was the thing that got me. His intelligence. Yes. I am <laughs> and look at that. And you guys started off as a conversation, right? You started off as a conversation. Yes. So what about I, you, Tommy? I what mean, got so you? He, she already mentioned how we met. So <laughs> the, the crazy part is when we actually, when we met on Facebook, at that time, I was kind of in a relationship, right? And, but that relationship was falling apart. And for me, like I, I went through her, her Facebook feed and all that stuff. And I kind of like, she, she used to love to share articles and motivational quotes. And that was something that I, even up to now, I still do. And I, if I go through my notes and all that, I still have them. So I'm like, okay, because one thing about social media is we have some people who are just there to post pictures or vacation pictures and all that. And we have people who are a mixture of, of that. And I'm not very, I'm not very flashy also. Like flashy in the sense that this might come off as judgmental, but I'm not judging. <laughs> right? Just some people who maybe you see them, they, all they post is maybe videos of them in the nightclub and all that. But anyway, I went through her pictures, right? And I'm like, of course, she's a beautiful lady. Let me don't lie here. The beauty, of course, I'm like, damn, she's beautiful, you know? <laughs> and, then, and, and I was, I was, I was like doing a 360 inspection in the video. I mean, the pictures, I wish, I wish there was a, a, a what's it called? A 3D rendition. You know? <laughs> so, so right. Like I was doing all that, but, um, did I know we were going to get married? No. All, all I knew was this is somebody that maybe I want to get to know more. So we started talking in the inbox and all that. And one of the things I think that we bond around more that she probably doesn't know this is right off the bat as the conversation was going deep. I'm like, just so you know, I'm short. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm so sweating so height because... Even though I've never felt rejected because of my height, because as for my height as a guy, I'm short. But I think we laughed about it and I even mocked her. I'm like, hey, I think the first time we talked was on Skype, right? Yeah. Right? Was on Skype. And I'm like, when I called her, I'm like, why did it take so long for you to pick up? Was it because you were, you were applying makeup, right? <laughs> and we laughed about it. And she's like, no, I don't wear makeup and all that. So 
as things go like went on i'm like okay this is i'm like this is someone that i can actually connect with at a deeper level so things went off from there you know and she used to live in new jersey i brought her over to california <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow that story was very very sweet you know the fact that you guys met on social media and the fact that you are now you know doing a podcast is no surprise right it's almost like a full circle right exactly. it's you know it's now you using the platform to continue now you're doing it together on this journey i want to know a little bit more so you guys met on on facebook on the platform you know connected and then you said that you were able to bring her from New Jersey to California to live with you. What happened in between? Okay, so I can dive into that now. So basically when we as we were talking through Facebook, right? And um so, so I use I used to like to travel. Well, I still do, but now when you have a family, it's a different story. Traveling with a family of four is <laughs> rocket science. But um I used to go to Maryland, Washington, D.C., basically the East Coast. So I still remember this. This was, I think, it was summer. I think it was around May, right? May, June. And I told her, hey, I'm actually coming to the East Coast. Since you live in New Jersey, I might probably stop by. But I flew to Maryland. How far in your relationship was this? Like how far along in your relationship? So we started talking. If I go back, I can probably find the messages. This was pro well, we were not dating by then. We were not in a relationship. We were just talking as friends. Like I never once said, Oh, I love you or anything like that. It wasn't something that I we we basically said. Now, when two people are talking and they're interested in each other, you can, there's a chemistry, you can tell, right? So once in a while we'll flirt a little bit. But we we went from like Facebook inbox to I told her, I'm like, hey here's my number if you feel comfortable text me so she texted me and like we'll talk to each other like after work or when i'm on my break or lunch we started facetiming then the bond grew more but even at, at that point there was no indication that you're going to be my now wife right or you're going to i want us to be more than just friends because to me my approach was really get to know this person more but um, once I flew to Maryland and I drove to New Jersey, I remember, I think, the deal, so something almost turned me off, right? I almost said, okay, um, I don't think she is ready for me. I was, um, we, I left Maryland to drive to New Jersey mm -hmm. and I was in Philadelphia, right? This is up on agreement that, hey, I'm coming to visit mm -hmm. you. And I was like halfway there pretty much. And I called her, I'm like, hey, we're in Philadelphia right now, blah, 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 right? And she's like, oh, I'm not available today. I have a here appointment. <laughs> so I kept my cool over the phone because I'm like, I don't want her to like just feel that. But then after I hung up the phone, I'm like, damn. So anyway, I ended up driving back to Maryland well, you know, I saw we, 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 we kept, we kept texting each other and all that. So then we rescheduled and I, I drove to New Jersey and the moment we saw each other, there was this like instant connection. I'm not even kidding. Throughout the drive, we were talking like we've known each other for maybe 10, 15 years. 
And I'm like, hey, I'm hungry, right? So I'm a huge, like I love sushi. So I found a spot. I'm like, let's go eat. Turns out she, turns out she doesn't like sushi. And so here I was eating while she's waiting for me <laughs> sitting there. Then I'm like, so what do you want to do? Then we found a local park. We spent about pretty much the entire day just at the park talking, like just really talking about things, cracking jokes. And I, I, I have an image that she actually took. Jokingly, I went down on my knees and I proposed with my khakis. I'll, I'll, I'll send you that image after. And I think that was, that was the moment. Maybe like God saw that as like, yeah, this is the... This is going to happen. But um, now in terms of how she ended up in California, she came to Cali. I still remember this. It was April 27th of 2015, uh, 2015 or 16, one of those. But I know it was April 27th. And she was here throughout the ending of August. At that, when she was here, actually, my the entire family was going through a stressful process. When I say the entire family, my mom's side of the family, where my grandma was sick, right? My grandma was in the hospital. And is this is something that started just with common cold, right? And then it went on to be pneumonia and it went on to be surgeries needed and all that. So she came to California at the perfect time because I'm like, I'm the oldest child to my mom. And I just saw the stress my mom was going through. And um, I wanted someone in the house that she, like my mom can maybe talk to and someone that's a, also a woman, right? And, um, and also just someone around that is beside me and my sister. But um, long story short, she left California on, I think the 29th or so of August. And then... The, 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 the first of uh, September, my grandma passed away. So she left literally two days and my grandma passed then. So I was at this point where I'm like, okay, how is my mom going to handle this? Cause I know the bond and the relationship that she had with my grandma. So instantly my mom is like, Hey, I want Sia to come back. Cause Sia is like, is just an amazing person. Right. And I'm like, sweet. So we bought a ticket. Remember, you? she left two days and us having to buy a ticket again. So we, we bought a ticket and she came back. So I'll probably say this. I literally just kidnapped her from New Jersey to California. <laughs> because when, when she came to Cali, there was really no arrangement of you moving here permanently. She just came to help the family through that process because... My, when my grandma passed away, we had to take the remains back home. So she stayed here with my sister who was in school. Now, there's also a story to that. During that process, the family was, 2015, 16 was just a very, I'll probably say dark moment for my family. My auntie who came for my grandma's funeral, right, because we did a repass here, went out to go shop with my mom and she got hit by a car. Right, she got ran over. Ran like ran over. The so car. she had come from Sierra Leone. No, she came from Maryland. Maryland for this, and she got in a car and she got ran yeah. over. Yes. So I was I was driving home and I got this phone call. My mom is like, "Your auntie is dead." So 
I, at that point, I didn't know how I felt, but I drove to the location, which was about 10 minute drive away from our house and she was still alive, but like bones were broken, ribs were broken and all that. So Sia came into my life at the, I don't want to say the perfect time, but it's also the perfect time because we left my auntie here in the hospital, right? And the, remember the entire family pretty much went back home with the remains. So Sia was the woman there to take care of my auntie, visit her in the hospital. And even when she came back from the hospital, I was, my mom and I were all, the only people in the house. It's, it's almost impossible in our culture for you to see your auntie, your mom, your grandma naked. Right. So she was the the nurse, the everything taking care of um, my mom. Right. Mentally. Right. They were shopping buddies <laughs> and she was also taking care of my auntie. Right. Like middle of the night and all that stuff. So she came in at the right time. But th- that's how she ended up in California was if I mean, regardless, maybe like would have been married anyways, but it came. And what the timeline on this, from us meeting on Facebook to her coming over to California to visit, I'll probably say is within a year span, right? Right? That's how quick things were moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, things were moving so quick. So mm-hmm. I think um, before I left for uh, no, this was yeah. Before I left for Sierra Leone, I actually decided to purchase a ring, right? And um, she was part of that process, but she did not know when it was going to happen. And we came back because one thing is, my grandma always had this idea that I would never settle down, and that is yes. And, and um, why? And why did she have this idea? That is because of the. I just I had multiple sexual partners. Let me just say that <laughs> I I had this I had this player aspect of me. I wasn't grown enough to really just have one partner and all that. Basically, she she was seeing me all the time with different women, right? So she she had this idea of this is not someone that's going to settle down. But um, I bought the ring. I came back. I proposed, so we went to Sierra Leone in October, uh, uh, um, September, September right? came back in October and it was her birthday and is the, like, proposing to someone is very nerve-wracking. <laughs> 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 but of course, when I went back home, I asked for blessings from the mom and dad. We, matter of fact, my family actually stayed at their house in Freetown. And oh my God, the way the mom and the dad just treated us, it was, it was, like even my auntie was just impressed. It's like the family has known, like we've known each other since forever. What, I man, well, I don't. There's, know. A, there's a story too to that. There's a there's a story. This story is deeper than this, really. So, but I came back and I proposed to her, and it's 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 been great from then. I I will say I have no regrets. Like it's amazing. So yeah, that's sweet. That's sweet. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your podcast, right? So you guys are a husband and wife duo who hosts um, a show called Shifting Perspectives. And you really encourage um, therapeutic conversations. 
yeah. around a, a range of topics, right? And your target audience is really people from Sierra Leone or young African people in the diaspora, right? And I think you guys do such a beautiful job of really sharing stories about your upbringing and how that has influenced your life right now. So what was inspiration um, for your, your podcast? What inspired you to, to start this, to start shifting perspectives? Okay, so um, I think we spoke about this before, right? If I'm not mistaken, but the, the inspiration really was just, uh, just having our son, I think is the main one, right? Um, when I feel like when you have a child, you start thinking about the way you grew up, you start thinking about it more than you used to before. So the way you grew up, the way you were raised, the way um, different things happen in your life, and you, you sit down and think about, you know, okay, I don't want to raise my child this way. Okay, this way, you know, but with a little twist, but, you know, stuff like that. Um, the conversations we have is, like you said, it's, a, it's very therapeutic, but at the same time, we try not to really, because we speak more um, on our parents, the way we grew up and all that, and not to really bash, you know, the way we grew up or our parents, but speak on topics in a respectful way. You know what I mean? And just like, okay, maybe the way we were disciplined, certain things is not the right way. So I think, yeah, just having a child made it, we just, we're like, let's just start the podcast. Yeah, having a child was the, was the main thing for sure. Was, was there a particular incident? So you mentioned, for example, disciplining you know, mm-hmm. your child. Was there any other incidents um, with, your, with your child that made you think like, okay, that you guys really had to think about your upbringing? And can you give us more examples? Um, okay, so for me, I'll say, I think for me, it wasn't really from in my part. I think it was really kind of in Tommy's part. Because he, he is very, sometimes he'll say stuff and I'm like, He'll say, like, let's say he's into sports, our son. He loves baseball, football, and all that. And he's really good at baseball, football, and soccer, right? So Tommy said, oh, I don't, I'm not going to let him play football. And I said, let him play football? Or you're going to talk to him and say, you know, this is a very dangerous sport. Using the word, I'm not going to let him is basically you trying to say you own this person. And as much as you give birth to that person, you don't own them. You know, they're going to grow up and be their own person. So, you know, just stuff like that happening. And for me, I feel, I used to work knock shift. So not, at, at night. And I would just come home super tired. You have a child. He wakes up sometimes 7 a.m. And I'm super tired. And I will just get very irritated. And I had to check myself. You know, I would just yell at him for no reason. He's just been a child, tantrums and all that. And I would just get really irritated because one, I'm tired. I just got off work. I didn't get to sleep. I have to go back to work at night. So, you know, different things like that happening and us having conversations about different things in society, our upbringing. We just decided, you know what? We're always talking about this. Let's just start a podcast. If, if so, I may add to that, right, mm-hmm. for me, the whole journey really is about how the experiences, experiencing in the sense that how 
how is my upbringing influencing my own experience here in the United States, right? What type of relationship do I have with my mom, my dad, and how is that being translated into how I'm a husband and also a dad? Because we grew up in an environment where there's love, there's nurture and all that, but we have certain ways of showing it. I'll give you an example. When Sia and I met, one of the difficulties we used to have is me just being in that spontaneous moment and saying, I love you, right? Now, that came from the fact that I know my mom and dad, they do love me, but it wasn't something that was said to me, right? And also me just being a dad, right? Me really having that patience of like, okay, it's not everything that your child is going to do that you have to react to, right? Because where we grew up, we, we even let, I use an example. Let me say you break a shade lamp, right? The next thing you know, they're spanking. How do you, the main point is really just to get young people because the podcast really is not just for our parents. We are also parents. And when I say we, us the young Mommy. generation, right? So we are also parents. Mommy. And it's, I'm sorry. And it's. Mommy? Yes. You're <laughs> Can we pause? It's all good. This is part of the podcast. This is part of the conversation. You guys are parents. Right, and as parents in quarantine, you will have your child exactly. um, and participate in the conversation. So um, that's yeah. But can you speak more about that upbringing? Because you keep using the word upbringing, and I know in even your podcast description, you guys say upbringing, right? And I think sometimes it's one of those words we use, but it's almost like we take it for granted that everybody knows what our upbringing is, right? Um, and maybe because your specific audience might know, right? You're speaking, and we're going to get into that um, for you to say a little bit more about who, who are your audience, right? But can you talk about upbringing? What's your upbringing? So, I mean, if you grew up in maybe Sierra Leone, or even if you grew up, I've met people who are like born here, but are also Sierra Leonean, we almost always tend to have the same story. Don't get me wrong. We have outliers, maybe the one percent percenters out there who have a different experience. But the upbringing that I'm referring to is, I remember one of the episodes that we did, the major highlights was just getting your parents to really maybe give you a voice for you, a platform for you to voice your own opinion, right? Or maybe just letting them know that, okay, this is how I feel on things or even just them telling you, I love you, right? And I strongly believe that those little things, uh, they influence us as we tend to become parents ourselves, right? We tend to maybe find it difficult to show that emotional aspect of us, right? I ne- For example, I never saw my dad maybe even cry. Let's toss the crying part aside. I don't have any memories of my dad teaching me how to ride a bike or us going for ice cream or even us just sitting down and maybe watching TV together. That wasn't something that it happens, right? So that is all part of our upbringing that we tend to bring into our own life as we go on to be husbands, wives, and dads, and all that. Mm-hmm. 
and they tend to imp- like really impact the people that we have around us. So as a dad and as a husband, those are things that I almost, I'm almost like unlearning the things that I was preconditioned to. Because remember my, pretty much my entire life was in Sierra Leone where we think like, certain things are normal or okay it's only when you travel out of that country then you're like oh so it's actually wrong for you to beat on your wife right (laughs) it's actually wrong for you to cheat on your partner it's actually wrong for you to maybe just the only time you celebrate your kid is when they do something terrible so that is really the upbringing aspect that i think we tend to refer to more it's just those structure things that we have in place that we think is normal yeah because i i do agree that you know i mean with any kind of um because that's what a culture is right it's like it's a group of people right and they have similar values and and therefore you have similar experiences not exactly the same right but similar you can have similar things and for me i think you know i want to be careful with saying wrong right because you know it's what's accepted Right. And I'm not saying beating your wife isn't wrong, but you know what I mean? It's like what is accepted. Right. So when you do travel, like you said, when you leave someplace else and you leave your community, right, of what you've seen all your life as okay, right? You begin to see, okay, there's other ways of being, right? And I think that's what you're trying to get at is that when, you know, now that you've been someplace else, you've left Sierra Leone, you've been exposed to other things, right? And now as parents, you're like, I want to make sure my children have that, that their experience is as broad as what you've been able to see, right? And so it's not just limiting it to what you necessarily have grown up with. I remember one of the episodes, I think it might have been like the second episode where you, for me, I think what really got me was how intentional you were about the type of parenting that you wanted to be. How has being in America now influenced your your parenting are there things in america that you're kind of like i don't necessarily those are not values i necessarily want to pass on to my child right i want to still hold on to certain values or can you talk more about that yeah so honestly i'll say i do love the way we grew up back home you know what i i do love it but like i said I, I really just specify on having a son because I feel like, just like you said, the second episode, right? I feel like raising boys is so much different than how they raise girls. So having a son, we, to me, I, I just said to myself, my son needs to know that going to the kitchen, cooking, making food, is not just a woman's job. You can do it to yourself. Cleaning the house, it's not just a woman's job. You can do that yourself. When you have a baby with somebody in the future, you can change diapers. My dad has never in his life changed diapers before. My dad has never gone to any of my school functions before, ever. I can go on and on and on and on. So just, you know, growing up in that type of environment. And of course, I know he loves me, you know, but I feel like most, um, most parents back home they show love through, oh, you're in school. I put you in school. I love you. So that shows I love you. Or I give you money. I give you lunch for school. I give you transportation. I put you in extra classes. Um, here and there, I'll buy you whatever you want, cornflakes, take you to the supermarket, and do you know stuff like that. But 
doing other things that will really build memories and build that bond that you have with your child, they don't do that. And I get it because they were raised like that. They don't know any better, right? But that comes down to the part where I feel like communication goes a long way. So like Tommy said, just them giving you the platform to feel like I can express myself. I can give my opinion and my, my, my mom and dad will say, oh, okay, that's how you feel. Okay, we can take that to mind and think about it and work on that. But to them, it's, it's basically like you're a child. What do you know? Why are you talking? You know, I remember traveling to the U.S. <laughs> and speaking to my mom on the phone one time. She, something happened um, in the house that wasn't about me, but it was about somebody else. And I was basically just really having a conversation with her and telling her the same things used to happen to me back home. But guess what? I'm not going to speak on it because you're not going to listen. It will probably just end up with you you know, maybe using a belt to beat me up or whatever it is, you know, you can find at that moment. So, and then she responded to me saying, oh, nah, wait, you don't go to America, you know, for the non-Creole, <laughs> you know, that didn't understand what I said. Basically, oh, you travel to the States now. So now you feel like you can talk to me anyhow. And I said, mom, I'm not even like disrespecting you. I'm really just having a conversation with you you know, and telling you that this is your fault. To them, they're never wrong. They're always right. They're the parents, you're the child. So I don't want, I don't, I don't, I don't want to raise my child like that. I don't want to. I want to be able to listen to my son when he comes to me respectfully, of course, like don't disrespect your parents, of course, respectfully talk to me like mommy, da, 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 da. And I listen and I'm like, okay, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about it. And come to a common ground. I feel like that really goes a long way. One of the questions that I get asked a lot is how, how did you decide that Seer is the right person, right? Mm -hmm. And going back to your question about like what traditions or whatsoever, like you want to pass on or you don't want to pass on to your kids. For me, I'm very traditional, traditional in the sense that I want my kids to know how to speak the local dialects that I know how to speak, right? Which is Creole, Mendy, and some other stuff in there, right? So in terms of like the names, the like dialects and also the food. So whatever we cook in the house, that is what he will have. We don't go out of our way to say, let's go buy you McDonald's. Let's go do this and do this. And his name is very traditional. Now, Whenever we go out, people are like, oh, his name is so cute. But does he have a middle name? And we're like, no, he doesn't. Now, to be truthful, he does. But we don't want people to default to just calling him that middle name, right? We want people to actually know that this is his name and there's a why behind this name. So for, for us, even though we have certain stuff that, certain tradition that we we're tossing out, we still have a huge portion of it that we're keeping and that is going to be part of us. That is going to be part of the family. And so that was one of the reasons because you guys were aligned that both of you guys wanted to maintain your tradition. Yeah, definitely. Right. The, you know, I, we're both very family oriented. We love family. Um, we're both very outgoing. We're both, we both have the same values, I feel like, when it comes to a lot of stuff. Like he said, you know, naming our kids, um, 
just the food. I mean, once in a while, of course, you know, you can go get pizza, whatever. But I feel like really just teaching your kids about your culture, your food, the names, um, the language, of course, you know, it's to me, that's a good thing. It really goes a long way. So finding somebody that has the same values makes it so much easier because if you be, if you have a, a, a way you want to raise your, your kids and you meet someone who maybe they're like, I don't want to give my kids tribal names. I don't want them to eat um, cassava leaf. <laughs> they, I just want them to, I just want to go get them McDonald's every day and just feed them junk food every day. Then, you know, you guys are going to clash all the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, like, if you want somebody who doesn't necessarily want your child to just simulate, right, and lose aspects of their identity, right? Because that's, I think, at the end of the day, that's all we have, right? And part of our identity, we create it ourselves as we get older, but part of it is also instilled in us through our names, through our family, right, and through the relationships we have with one another. I was born in Sierra Leone, and you know that I then immigrated here to the States, and I also then grew up going to Sierra Leone. And when we go to Sierra Leone, we spend a significant amount of the time in the rural areas where my father is from, where we're from. I shouldn't say my father, but that's my, my dad's side of the family is from. And, and for me, you know, like you were talking about not really being around, your parents not being around you like taking you out to things but there the kids are always you're always with family <laughs> like you're always with family and so yeah so yeah the memories are not necessarily of ice cream or anything but the memories are of you on the farm the memories of you taking a walk and you know what I mean I think for for me my experience as as a Sierra Leonean has been unique in some ways when I talk to other Sierra Leoneans because my father did grow up for some part of his life in an environment like that. So for him, it comes very natural to do these types of things. He has lots of fond memories of, with his dad. So did you guys ever travel to, did your family, were your families always in urban settings or did you guys ever go to rural areas and did you observe any difference in how families interacted? I did. So when I was little, maybe around between five to 10, I traveled to Bo. Um, well, Bo, is it rural? Or, or? Go ahead, go ahead. Um, and I stayed, I stayed in I Bo think it's still, it's still somewhat urban. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Bo, what Bo is, Bo is very urban. Yeah. I feel like the part where we stayed, it was, it looked very rural to me. But um, going there when I was around that age, I really did see a difference like you see the parents outside cooking with their kids um it can be dad mom everyone outside cooking you can see them playing games you can see them playing sports so it was different than being in freetown right but the funny thing is my dad grew up in kono he he was born and raised in kono in kono so i'm not sure if maybe his dad was not was the same way maybe you know he wasn't too involved i'm not sure if probably that's the reason why because even the even the parents that you know maybe they were born in freetown you have i've seen some of them that they're very different they're very different they they're very involved in their kids life you see them at every mom and dad not just mom mom and dad you see them you know coming to thanksgiving you see them coming to 
prize giving, all the functions in school, you see them very, very involved in their kid's life. Um, I remember going for a sleepover. That was my, well, no, actually for a party. <laughs> and um, I, you know, had fun. And the, the, my friend was like, oh, you need to stay over. I said, stay over for what? She said, we're having a sleepover. I didn't even know what that word meant. I said, asleep what? What was that? Oh, you know, we're just going to sleep over and just watch TV and eat ice cream and have fun. My mom was not having it. <laughs> my mom said, no, you're not staying over. So, you know, they just had this idea of you're not supposed to have friends. You know, all you have to do is just study, 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 study. School, 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 come home, cook, you know, all that. So one thing to highlight here is, Sia and I have a very different upbringing in terms of availability of resources, in terms of just how basically our environment was. So even though I was born in Bo, which is the second capital city, right? I still had the opportunity to go to my grandpa's village and I saw how the interaction level was there. So I basically... The funny part is I used to love to go to the village, right? Because when you go there, there's that sense of community. Now, living in Freetown, which see, I was born and raised in that area, is civilization is almost playing a role in also how we raise our kids, right? So I said we came from two different, like, I'll probably say two different parts of the country. For example, I'm very, I can, as long as other kids are outside, I can sit here and open the window and keep an eye on my son playing outside. For Sia, she is very protective of that, right? And I sit back and I'm like, it's because of, you grew up in that environment where Freetown is a city, it's very crowded, it's very congested. So you really didn't go out much as a kid to play. For me, I actually did go out as a kid to play, whether it's making my own toys, running around with other kids and all that. So the upbringing is completely different, but um, I've lived in very rural areas. Like it wasn't like I lived there for a long time, but I used to go there and I, there's this sense of community where a dad might not be spending time with the kid, like maybe in what we see as the Western way, but you guys go to the farm together, you guys eat together, you guys maybe chop wood together and gather stuff together. So there's that sense of community. But now when you step out of that and you come to the, to the more developed side, right, things are completely different, right? The parental standards are different. So, yeah. 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 And I think it's because I think it's also just the demand on our times are different. When you're in urban settings, the rearing of a child is really put on the parents versus in other settings where it's like the whole community. Right. So, for example, like um, I was in the last time I was in Sierra Leone was 2019. And they're like three year olds, four year olds. They will go on adventures. They were giving us tour all the way up the hill and whatnot like you were saying like there's that freedom children also have right on both ends and the kids talk to you you know in a respectful way but i think there's a different way when they, when it's it's not that 
everything is dependent on the parent. And I think we lose that when we go to other areas. When we go, when we live in America and our family's back home, you don't have that extra support. So everything now, all the stress of raising a child is on you. All the stress of passing on that history, that culture is on you, right? And and also then you don't have, sometimes we there are things that are passed on to us. And if maybe we understood the context of it, we can appreciate it a little bit more versus when we don't understand it. And oftentimes that's the case that happened in urban settings, right? It's like in Freetown, like they would be doing the same things that they did back home in the, you know, in, in the countryside, but it doesn't mean the same thing anymore, right? And they haven't been able to adapt it, right? To give the same significance. So have you guys thought about anything like that recently where, you know, maybe when you were a kid, you didn't really care to pass it on, but recently you've like rediscovered the meaning behind it or the history behind a particular practice from Sierra Leone that you're reconsidering passing on? I mean, oh man, that's actually a very, that you got me thinking as you were asking that question. I'm like, wow. Like, is there any, like, tradition? <sighs> so my wife and I were not also religious, right? We, I mean, I was born and raised in a Catholic home and all that. But um, in terms of, like, tradition that we, if anything, maybe probably will say I want to pass on is just free will, free-spirited. Like, just explore things. Because that's something that I got from my grandpa. My grandpa was this amazing guy with amazing talent. and he wasn't very like protective of your space, right? He was more of go out there and go be a kid. So for me, the, the traditional aspect of that for me is the same for Batman, where I just want him to really, if, if go out there and play with other kids, right? I mean, when we were little, those were things that um, running around and all that, we almost took that for granted. But being in a very close-knit community or society is something that now I'm only appreciating that. As far as, oh, when I was a kid, I used to run around. There was really nothing for me to worry about. But here's my son that I, I don't really feel comfortable with him going around by himself because of the environment. So that is something that I think I almost took that for granted back home, right? But now I'm like, oh wow, this is something that is actually, it wasn't something that I should have taken for granted. Even though the environment that I grew up in, right, we did not have the resources that we have now, but yet things were great. We were out there doing what we want to do, just being kids. I think for me, the only thing I would say is probably when it comes to discipline, right? Like I said, the way we were disciplined, you know, we kind of, we're going to put a twist to it, you know, disciplining your child as an African, right? I, I love the fact that we emphasize on respect, you know, your child, don't, don't, don't see an adult and, and call them by their name. No, you know, even though in the U S it's so hard to do that because you meet elder people and, um, they're like, call me Janet, you know? So I remember coming to the U S I, I, I used to live in New York for two years there was this guy that lived next to us and I used to call him uncle. I'm like, uncle Mike, hi, uncle Mike. And the guy was looking at me crazy. So I, I, I went to my cousin in the house and I said, you know, when I call this guy, uncle, he looks at me and she said, that's not your uncle. <laughs> call him Mike. 
you know, she was born here. She, she's an American. So I was like, what? He is older than me. What do you mean call him Mike? And she said, your uncle is someone that's your dad's brother. I said, I know, but back home, someone's older than you, that's your uncle. Someone's older than you, that's your auntie. You don't call them by their name. She said, well, this is America. This is, this is a different, you know, different culture over here. So I just could not call that man Mike. So I was like, Mr. Mike. <laughs> and I said, you need to settle for that. I just cannot call you Mike. And he said, oh my gosh. He said, okay, cool. You know, but I think that's something that I'm going to pass down to my son. Definitely don't see someone older than you. If they, if, if they tell you, call me by my name, just call them Mr. or Miss or ma'am, you know, but the discipline aspect, I love, you know, the, um, like I said, the, the calling of people older than you not just calling them by their names, the way you discipline your child too. The way I see the culture over here is so different. It is so different. You discipline your child. I used to hear a story about, um, you know, people calling 911. These, these kids, they grow up, they start going to school and they start teaching them about, oh, you know, your parents spank you, just call 911. Um, same thing in New York, my, my uncle's son, right? He was doing really bad in school. He started, he went to middle school and started acting up. So my uncle put down his pants and smacked him. So he went to school and, you know, the school tell us then call 911 or come to school and tell us. So he went to school and told everybody and they sent, you know, child protective service to the house to go see his bedroom, make sure he's taken care of. They came to the house that made me really scared. And I, I told him, I said, wow, I don't know if I, if I want to have a child in this country. He said, don't be scared. Discipline your child. You, as long as you're not abusing your child, when they come to the house, let them do all their investigation, whatever, and just let it be what it is. And I was like, wow. So, you know, living here is quite different than living back home. Um, even though sometimes you get beat up for... <laughs> things that make no sense. Um, so that's why I'm saying the discipline aspect, we're definitely keeping that, but just put a twist to it. Don't just beat your child for every little thing, for having an opinion, like I said. You know, I used to get slapped for just giving my opinion. <laughs> or just coming and saying, mom, dad, this is how I feel about this. Let's just have a conversation. You get yelled at. So yeah, the discipline aspect for me, I think that would be the one for sure. Yeah. And so your audience, who are your audience? Can you talk about that? And what is really like your mission with your show for, for your audience? So um, our show, honestly, even though we started off with just speaking on our upbringing, it's not just based on that. It's, we're going to be talking about everything in society, but from our own experience. You know, um, our audience is pretty much everybody, everyone, older, younger, you don't really have to be Sierra Leonean to, you know, relate to it. I have friends that are Africans, maybe Ghanaians, and they tell me, oh, I have a Mexican friend, you know, he listened to your podcast and he was just, oh my gosh, this is so me. I can relate. I can relate. So I've had people from other African countries that relate to the podcast and people that are not Africans that relate to the podcast. So, um, yeah. And I've had older people too on Facebook who they always share the podcast and just talk about 
how they love the fact that um, we speak on things respectfully and not to really bash on our parents, but to just give light on the positive and the negative aspects of, you know, things that happen. But now the things we speak on, you know, the older generation, I feel like most of them listen to it and kind of, oh, you know, yeah, I, I probably did that wrong, you know, with my kid and, and all that. So it's past the time for them to like say, okay, I'm going to raise my child this way because their kids are like older now. But for the younger generation, we have a lot of people who they still exhibit the, the same signs of their parents. You know, um, we went to the park for like a barbecue one time and <laughs> this lady, the child was playing. It was a, it was a kid's party. The child was playing like all the other kids and he got really dirty, you know, it's at the park and she got mad and she lifted that kid up and started, you know, everyone had to come in and intervene and all that. So I feel like we still have a lot of young people having kids that feel like the the only way to speak to your child is just to beat them up. You know, um, you know, when you have a child, you don't listen to them. When you have a child, they don't, they, they're not supposed to have a mind of their own. You know, they should be like you basically. Um, so yeah, yeah. We just want to put the message out there for everybody. I mean, so for me, it's more of a conversation starter, right? And um, like, for example, in our last episode, we decided to talk about just counseling, mental health, and all that. If you live in a, in a, like, I'll probably say a Sierra Leonean community, right? Those are not things that we emphasize on. Let me say, if you were to go to maybe one of your aunties and tell them, oh, auntie, I'm... I'm depressed, I'm stressed and all that. The first thing that we jump to is the spiritual aspects of that, right? Not really, let's seek the professional help. So the podcast really is just start a conversation, whether that conversation is about parenting or that conversation is about maybe marriage counseling, that conversation is about anything is, and to her point, the audience is, like when we, as we were starting this, I was thinking, okay, let's let make the audience more for serial unions, right? But um, as we were going along, I've had conversations with people who are also people who can relate to the conversations that we're having. So, for example, someone did a review on of, of the podcast and all that, and it was amazing for me to hear this guy say, oh, in episode one, those are things I can relate to, right? So... Now, when most people tend to maybe listen to episode one, right, they think the conversation is more for our parents, but really not. It's also for us as the young generation, because remember, we are also having kids now. How do we structure or change? What are the things that, to your point, we want to basically abandon? And what are the things that we feel like we want to pass on to our kids? So... Really, the podcast is a conversation starter, right? Are there things that are going to change? Probably not right away. But through conversations, we w- when we live in this community that we live in, there are certain things that are almost taboo. Talking about sex, it's a taboo, right? 
talking about this. It's a taboo. So really for us, it's just to get people comfortable to discuss certain things. Yeah, and that's what I really like about like a show. It's really, like you said, encouraging people to have a conversation, you know? And what does conversation mean to you? Because I, I know Sia has touched up on it. You know, for her, it seems to be that she wants to be heard. She wants to, to she wants the opportunity to say something without feeling like she's going to get beat on. But for you, what does conversation, what does it mean to have a conversation? I mean, conversation is, in my own perspective, is just really having that platform to maybe go back and forth with someone in a very respectable way. The conversation for me is really more about like having a space for you to talk to people and have a space to express yourself without maybe being frowned upon, right? Now, usually we don't have those platforms for us to really have dialogues because we already have like ideas that were planted in us. So it's hard for us to get rid of those ideas. But I believe that as maybe you're talking about certain topic, right? you get people to now start thinking about, oh, so I actually did not think of this before. Now, these are stuff that I can go ahead and also have that conversation with someone else, right? And just get their own point of view. Because too often I feel like most of the time we're surrounded by people who really don't care much about your own opinion or what you have to say all because of, I don't care how old you are or how many kids you have, you know, you, you're basically a child, right? To them at all the time. So the, the podcast itself is like therapeutic, not only to the people that we're talking to, but to us, because when we sit here, I'm having a conversation with my wife, we're also learning about ourselves too. So to me, that's the conversation aspect to it is conversation with me and Sierra and also our audience out there who we might not hear that like their feedback directly but to a certain extent we're having a conversation with each other because now we, they are going to think about how to handle certain things or maybe even question certain things that they might ask other people and have conversation with other people so it doesn't just stop with us it goes beyond that so yeah. that is my point of so is it a way for you to examine and re-examine yourself? You know, for me, that's been my journey with my own podcast. Has, has that been your journey with your podcast? Examining and re-examining yourself? Definitely. I, for me, the episode that really, just having that conversation really meant a lot to me was episode two and episode three. Um, the gendered stuff that we did, like, you know, growing up as a girl, you're expected to know how to do everything and you're expected to do everything, but they really don't hold boys accountable for a lot of things. And I feel like that's why most boys grow into men and feel like, and feel very entitled and feel very, and feel like I can do, you know, X, Y, Z and get away with it. They feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy. I'm, I'm not supposed to do stuff like that. So, um, yeah, those two episodes were really, really therapeutic for me. Just, just talking. I my mom, <laughs> my mom and my dad, they listen to the podcast. So, you know, my dad sent me a text and said, hmm, 
you're putting our business out there, but <laughs> really good podcast, really good episode. We enjoyed it. We're really learning. And they're actually getting to know more about me through my podcast because stuff that, let's say I'll, if I pick up the phone and call them, stuff that I will actually want to talk to them about, they probably might not listen or pay attention to what I'm saying. But them listening to the podcast, I feel like, you know, like my dad said, oh, we're actually, we're learning stuff. We're learning a lot about you. You know, the things that you feel, you know, my mom even said one time, why didn't you tell us? And I said, I've been trying to have conversations with you guys for years, but you guys never listen. So, um, yeah, you know, like I said, it's not just, not just the younger people that's listening, but even like my, my, my parents, all the people, they listen to it and I feel like they reflect back to things. And my mom and dad, they're still raising three younger kids. So now my, they actually listen to me. You know, my mom will call me and say certain things and I'll tell her, that's not how you do things, you know? And she'll actually listen and I'm very surprised. <laughs> she said, ever since you guys started the podcast, you know, I just feel like I'm actually learning how to raise your siblings, which, which really makes me happy. It's a really good In this thing. environment, right? Because I think it's one thing when you're raising your children in like in Sierra Leone, right? You have, you, it, it's reaffirmed in a different way versus when you're raising them here, right? And so it's like, and you're more familiar with the realities of being in America, right? So, so of course, it would be wise for her to, for her to um, listen because you do have something to say, right? And you have, you, you have an experience that is not necessarily her lived experience, right? So with your siblings, do they listen to the podcast? How old are they? My, I have, um, I have one that's 19. She's going to be 20 next year. And I have two younger ones that they are, I think five or six years old. Oh, wow. Really yeah. young. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're twins. Uh, okay. So I have two younger sisters and a brother, but, um, yeah, my, my, the oldest one, the 19, the 19 year old one, she listens to it and she loves it. She's like, oh my gosh, mommy should listen to this. And I'm like, she does. <laughs> and I tell her all the time, I say, yes, she does listen to it. And, um, you know, she hopefully she's doing the things that she's saying because she will call me on the phone and say, like, for example, the, the, the little kids, the twins, the, she told me that the girl loves to study, but the boy is not into study. He loves being on the iPad and, you know, just like the kids in, in the U.S. So she was getting really irritated because of that. And I told her, I said, okay, so this is what you can do. You can go to the app store on the iPad and download educational, you know, um, things for, the, for, the, for, for him. Since he's more into that, I said, you don't need to beat him up because of that. He's just five years old. I don't really see five-year-old kids sitting at the table and studying, you know, but that's, that's all they know. All they know is study, study. As long as you're in school, no matter the age, you're supposed to sit down and study. So, you know, I said he can even grow up and probably be into techie stuff and he can know how to code. There's so many things he can do with the iPad. I said, so you guys need to just encourage him to do different things. So I went to my phone and I took screenshots of like different apps that I have for my son on his iPad and I sent it to her. I said, Go ahead and download the apps, 
I'm pretty sure that will help. Um, so yeah, and I'm pretty sure the little ones, as they grow up, hopefully they'll, you know, they'll definitely listen to the podcast and we can have conversations about that. But I have conversations with my, my younger sibling all the time, the one that listens to the podcast. So in examining and re-examining yourself and learning about each other through this podcast journey, what has been a critical moment for you guys? Are you talking about just like the podcast in general or life? It's open. You know, it's open uh, for you guys to share any critical moments in your journey as a married couple. So for me, really, is the preparation stage for the podcast, right? We, we, we were on it pretty much for a year right right about a year mm-hmm. now when i had the 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 cover art made i think we had three options it was it was almost interesting to see how i've been with my wife for five years mm-hmm. and how like each time i'm like man we're actually different on how we just view colors and different things there's this cover art that i really wanted like I went above and beyond to convince her to just let's go with this, right? To the point where I think we even had like a little argument over it. <laughs> that was it, <laughs> right? So, but um, just the preparation stage and the turning point for me, I don't know if she knows this, is even before we, we record each episode, just the conversations and the discussions that we have, how healthy they are and um after we did episode five and six when we had um um the abdul and ingadi on like we we really came back and we had this wow moment to where our relationship is healthy but the thing about life in general is if you keep that open mind you're going to learn something new each day and like okay how can we basically number one, just learn or improve how to talk to each other, right? And one of the major things in that was saying sorry. It's not really a seer <laughs> thing, right? It's, it's basically like rocket science. So I, after we recorded that episode, like we had this lengthy conversation that I think may, like we, we are already great, but that just... Five years together, you would think, oh, they know each other very well and all that. But that just shifted the conversation really to understanding how to talk to each other, how do we want to position things, the words to use, and all that. So this whole process in general has really been like an eye-opener and a turning point, right? Is because from the get-go, even from choosing, imagine having like two people working on one project just choosing the title right that took us a long time and i'll probably say this we probably had some back and forth there too but throughout the process has been i've learned a lot about what she like right what she doesn't like and how she even simple things like colors right so what, what do you think? What is yours for? What's, what has been your own turning point? <laughs> I think, um, like he said, basically communication, right? Um, just little things that you never knew. Because us sitting down to have these conversations, 
even though we've had similar conversations before about all the things we talk about, when you actually sit down to record a, a, a podcast, someone is going to say something that you're like, oh, I never knew that. <laughs> you know, you never told me that. Like, I've never heard you said that before. So you, we're, we're definitely learning more stuff about each other. Um, we're learning how to communicate. When we started the podcast, when we were, te- when we're, we were testing things out, we were not very in sync, I should say. We, you know, we'll probably talk <laughs> over <laughs> each other. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so we had to learn to just let him talk when he's done. I can talk and, you know, keep that going. Um, like he said, I'm not very big on saying I'm sorry, especially if I didn't start something, you know? So, and that, that all goes back to my environment back home, the way I grew up. I'm not used to stuff like that, you know? So this podcast is definitely, is teaching me and encouraging me to like break certain things, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's teaching me that. And like, like I said before, communication. What was the impetus or, you know, the, if, if there was any moment that really inspired inspired you to create a podcast um so tommy is a very heavy podcast listener like he's into it and for me i used to listen to podcasts but not like him um i was more into like relationship podcasts comedy um uh society and culture he listens to everything news society culture just everything you can think about and it was actually his idea. The podcast was Tommy's idea. I was never thinking about starting a podcast. For me, I wanted us to do YouTube, you know. I feel like because I wanted to make it easier for other people. And he was not having it. He said, no. We need to take people out of their, you know, comfort zone. Sierra Leoneans, most people don't know what podcast is. Um, most people are used to just going on YouTube and looking at vlogs and all that cute stuff and all that. So he said, no, we're not doing YouTube. And we had a little bit of argument <laughs> around that. Cause I said, let's just do YouTube. Everyone's used to YouTube. And he said, no, we're doing a podcast. So even when we started looking for names and the, uh, the, um, the picture for the podcast, I was still very skeptical about starting the whole process. But then when we actually did the test recording, the how we met, and we posted that and everyone listened to it and they loved it, I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess this might work. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't me at all. It was all Tommy's idea. But in terms of the conversation that we had that made us go back and forth between podcasting and YouTube, I think we had that conversation right here in our, you know, dining room. Um, Like I said, it's just talking about different things, talking about the culture here, you know, Um, seeing the way other people do things, seeing the way other people grew up and the way we grew up. And like he said, we don't have the same upbringing, you know, maybe certain things we do have the same story when it comes to that. But at the same time, we have differences. So 
having all those conversations really just we're like let's just let's just talk about it let's just start something and just share our story and hopefully that will you know make people have more conversations about that because we live in a society that it's a taboo to talk about a lot of stuff you know like he said to talk talking about sex as adults now right even now my mom when i got married she wants to talk about sex intimate stuff and love and all that and i'm very uncomfortable to talk about it you know i'm very very even other adults that we have around us or com- that come around us and like for example the other time we had our auntie who came to fresno she came to visit and she was basically asking me why you know why can't you guys give your son a sibling and they were talking about sex and all this intimate stuff and i was so uncomfortable i was just sitting there just you know trying to respond but at the same time and she looked at me and said yes we're older than you but you are an adult now you're married you have a child you know so for some people it it, it comes off very surprising when they see younger adults very uncomfortable to talk about stuff like that and they are very free spirited you know they don't have a problem talking about all you know all the intimate stuff and all that but for me it it, it comes up very uncomfortable you know Tommy can you tell us what what inspired you great so <laughs> um to be honest with you i mean we we we're friends on facebook now right and um one thing that i think is not very common maybe back home or even here here is just two young people who maybe got married at a very early age or stage and are just happy so you know you know this we are very active well for me i'm very active on facebook so and also i'm a photographer right and as i was posting images of Imatima, the kid and and all that and post images of my wife people really wanted us to do youtube vlogging now i post on social media but at certain points there are certain aspects of my life that i also want to be private with and when i look at like vlogs like i feel like there's no amount of privacy there that is just my own take so even when people were floating that idea of hey you guys already have an audience like you should start a a vlog or youtube page and all that and i I sat down, I'm like, okay, I just don't want to kill that idea. Let me, let's talk about maybe podcasting instead. And um, that was like, as we started the discussion, then it, like she said, she wasn't on board. Mm-hmm. But the other thing also is the turning point for me, really, to be honest, is I have, I have a former coworker who also is a podcaster and he wanted to interview me to talk about my experience, like just being in America in general as an immigrant. And so he came over, we sat down and we recorded. And after the recording, I'm like, this just validated my points as to why I should start a podcast because I enjoyed it so much. It was, I think the conversation was a two hour conversation, right? And I shared that on my Facebook page and friends and family listen to it and they're like that conversation was very enriching so to me the the people recommending that we should start a youtube page and 
like the wow moment, the turning point moment was really when I had an audio interface in front of me. And remember, I've never been on a podcast. That was my first time, right? I've actually even never been to a radio station, right? Never. So just having that in front of me, I'm like, I remember like when I did it and just hearing myself on the microphone, I wasn't used to it. Right? So, so I actually had my, one of my, my headphones, like literally like that, cause I had to like get used to it. But the turning point really was when he came over and we recorded that and I just fell in love with the process. And I'm like, let's go ahead full fledged really with this podcasting stuff. So that was, yeah. that was just for me, the turning point moment. This has been such a pleasure. I thank you both so much. Even with all the interruptions that have happened on this and recording this episode, I think it's so beautiful to see you guys, you know, be parents. Because at, at the core of what even your podcast is about is really what are we passing on to the next generation, right? And so your son is going to, even though he might not remember this, he is going to watch and, you know, remember something of his parents sitting down and having conversations, right? And, and I think that's so beautiful, right? And like the more that you learn about yourself, the more present you can be for him, right? And so all in all, you know, this is really beneficial for all of us, right? I don't have kids yet, but I know that even doing this podcast, it's, gonna, it's helping me learn more about myself, right? And me, and I think in the last episode um, I had with Eric, he talks about like finding home, you know, within yourself, you know, and so for me, it's also finding, finding that peace and finding all of that, right? Because then the more at peace you are with yourself, the more you can, um, can be with other people. Thank you again for just welcoming me into the podcast community. And, you know, just so generous. I think you guys are very, very generous um, of your time and of, of everything. You know, I see you guys on Facebook, social media, mavens <laughs> and just doing and just giving you know and just giving and like for you guys it's it's not it's not just about yourself it's more about what can now that i have this platform what do i do and you yep. give that you do that so freely and that's so so beautiful so i hope that whoever is listening i know that i'm gonna tell my listeners to uh, check out your podcast shifting perspectives also bi-weekly just like kumea turning point diary yeah, this conversation was great to be honest with you hope we did not disappoint you at all I know. no no this is this has been a lot of fun you know it's been great um you two are wonderful and i know that your podcast yeah. them continues to do great do you have any last you know um last words for our listeners Go. oh where can they find you first of all where can they find you hold on my son is here <laughs> <laughs> the title of our podcast is shifting perspectives and um, the reason why we decided on that really is just like we, we stated earlier, it's not, we're not really here to just impose things on people it's to start a conversation and maybe change the angle of what we are used to just a little bit. And we are on Instagram. The Instagram handle is going to be underscore shifting perspectives. And uh, we are also on Facebook. The like page on Facebook is at shifting perspective podcast all uppercase letters and then there's a twitter account which to be honest with you my <laughs> wife knows it i don't <laughs> so well. the twitter page is it's spelled differently so it's at shifting perspective without the so 
at S-H-I-F-T-I-N-G-P-E-R-S-P-E-1. Because, you know, Twitter, they cut things. Yeah. Short, the so. characters, the characters. Yeah. And what about your individual accounts? Because I know your individual accounts are also public. So do you, do you, would you like to share those as well? My, so listeners, I'm also a photographer. And, um, <laughs> That's your plug? <laughs> That's Not yet. <laughs> your business plug? Yeah, so I'm also a photographer, but uh, my personal page is going to be at Sinava Photography. So Sinava is C-I-N-A-V-A Photography. And the meaning of that, there's a meaning to it in my culture, but it's at Sinava Photography. Mm -hmm. And that is for Instagram. I'm not on the other stuff yet. Um, my personal Instagram is at double underscore <laughs> melanin girl m-e-l-a-n-i-n-g-a-l yeah okay well thank you thank you both thank you sia thank you tommy thank you for having us yeah i can't wait to have you on our podcast too. <laughs> yes i can't i would i i'm excited i look forward to being on your podcast and it's gonna, it's gonna be fun very yeah. very soon mm -hmm. Hey y'all, thank you for tuning in. Please remember to subscribe, leave a review, and share the episode. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Turning Point Diaries. Kume, until next time. Music by Exile Dynamics featuring more box.